Welcome to The Congressional Record, a podcast by ProLegis. Each week, we bring you a deep dive into Congress's policy priorities. In this podcast, we'll cover the processes unique to the first branch of government and discuss some of the pressing policy issues legislators are working on. I'm your host, Charlene Burns, a researcher with the ProLegis policy team. Today, we bring you an episode on revisiting the tariffs on Chinese imports. Rising inflation has been plaguing the Biden administration. Mounting pressure to address inflation has pushed the administration to reconsider the current tariffs on Chinese imports, which were originally implemented by the Trump administration in 2018. This episode, we'll talk about when the tariffs were first implemented by the Trump administration, And we'll also discuss the debate around lifting or keeping the tariffs and the Biden administration's current stance on the issue. ProLegis is a new policy technology company founded by former congressional staffers and startup alums. We have one mission, to offer free tools that make it easier to learn about, track, and deepen your understanding of policy issues and legislation. We offer free features such as U.S. code redlining and a personalizable dashboard to track the legislation and congressional activity that matters to you. We also offer nonpartisan, unbiased information through our briefings and podcasts. Sign up for a free account today to get full access to the suite of policy tools on ProLegis.com. Economic competition between China and the U.S. escalated to a trade war in 2018 under the Trump administration. As a candidate, President Trump often criticized the U.S. trade deficit with China. Under his direction in August 2017, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative, or USTR, initiated an investigation under Section 301 of the Trade Act of 1974. The USTR investigation was related to allegations of China's discriminatory trade practices where the Chinese government allegedly required foreign companies to share technology or information to get access to the Chinese market. On March 22, 2018, the USTR released its final report, finding that several of China's practices were discriminatory or burdened U.S. commerce. Following the report, the Trump administration imposed four rounds of tariffs on Chinese imports between 2018 and 2019. In total, tariffs were placed on $550 billion worth of Chinese goods. This increased the average trade-weighted tariffs on Chinese goods to 14.4%. This is four times higher than the U.S. average rate of 3.4% for countries that have most favored nation status. In response, China set retaliatory tariffs on $185 billion worth of U.S. products. On January 15, 2020, over a year into the trade war, the Trump administration reached a phase one trade deal with China. The agreement indefinitely postponed the implementation of some of the fourth round tariffs and reduced another group of tariffs from 15% to 7.5%. In return, China agreed to purchase an additional $200 billion of U.S. manufactured goods and promised to curb some of its unfair trade practices. The Biden administration has continued the tariffs from the Trump administration thus far. 
Currently, tariffs on $370 billion of Chinese goods remain in place, as do China's retaliatory tariffs on U.S. goods. One mechanism that the USTR has used to reduce the economic impacts of the tariffs is a process for stakeholders to request tariff exclusions. For example, auto companies may request that auto parts be removed from the tariff list on the basis that tariffs on parts impacts the supply chain for bringing vehicles to market. Thus far, the USTR has approved 35% of requests related to the first two rounds of tariffs, and 5% and 7% respectively for the last two. Looking for a simple policy brief that will give you the context necessary to write that policy memo or vote recommendation? Pledge's briefings are quick, no-nonsense summaries of the issues relevant to Congress. They are objective and nonpartisan. they provide key details on trending bills or policy topics, as well as resources to dive deeper from the best of the policy landscape. Each week, Prolegis publishes briefings that address the most important issues in Congress, covering a wide range of topics, including healthcare, energy and environment, finance and taxation, technology, transportation and infrastructure, social issues, and more. Sign up for a free Prolegis account to get access to Prolegis briefings today. The big question regarding the tariffs is whether they accomplish their goals. Have tariffs successfully reduced the trade deficit with China or curbed China's unfair trade practices? First, the tariffs did increase tariff revenue to the government, which jumped from $32.9 billion in 2017 to $85 billion in 2021. The tariffs also seem to help create jobs in target industries, such as the steel industry and some domestic factories. There was also a temporary decline in imports of Chinese goods in 2018 and 2019, but this quickly bounced back to pre-tariff levels in 2021. However, the tariffs appeared to have had little effect on curbing China's alleged unfair trade practices, such as subsidizing its domestic industries, forcing technology transfers, and stealing intellectual property. The trade deficit has also increased from $79 billion in 2017 to $101 billion in the first quarter of 2022. According to an analysis by the Tax Foundation, the tariffs have cost the equivalent of 173,000 full-time jobs and will reduce long-run GDP by 0.22% due to retaliatory tariffs. The tariffs have not demonstrated significant influence for U.S. negotiations with China. A couple years after the Phase 1 trade deal was struck, China has not fully followed through with its promises. Proponents of the tariffs, such as U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai, says that they encourage investment in domestic industries and provide necessary leverage to deter China's alleged unfair trade practices. The Economic Policy Institute argues that tariffs provide sorely needed breathing room for new strategies to be developed to boost U.S. manufacturing and workforce development. The Institute also says that the tariffs are consistent with President Biden's current prioritization of building resilient supply chains and revitalizing American manufacturing. Opponents of the tariffs argue that the tariffs are counterproductive 
and are an obstacle for negotiations with China. Supporters of free trade and globalization say that the tariffs have damaged the U.S. economy overall. They also argue tariffs have been proven ineffective in countering China's economic practices. A new factor has been recently introduced to the debate around China tariffs, and that is rising inflation. Policymakers and economists have been exploring and proposing a number of measures to address the 8.3% average price surge in the past year, which is close to a 40-year high. Some have proposed that lifting the tariffs on Chinese imports may be one of the ways to help alleviate inflation. Not all economists are certain that lifting the tariffs will provide relief for consumers. According to a report from the Peterson Institute for International Economics, eliminating these tariffs would only result in a 0.3% reduction in the Consumer Price Index inflation measure. Additionally, the industries targeted by the tariffs are not necessarily the ones driving inflation. Chinese imports have only added 0.26% to annual inflation, whereas gas prices, used cars, and groceries have increased by 44%, 23%, and 11% respectively. A number of industry groups and businesses support eliminating the Section 301 tariffs. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce urges ending tariffs and reducing trade tensions to alleviate the impact of retaliatory tariffs on U.S. exporters. The National Retail Federation, which represents a diverse array of retailers, including big-box stores like Walmart and Target, has also urged Biden to eliminate tariffs on Chinese goods. On the other hand, labor groups like the AFL-CIO have supported the tariffs arguing they create jobs and improve pay for American workers. Industries like domestic steel and aluminum, which have benefited thus far from the tariffs, also are resistant to change. The issue is receiving more attention from the Biden administration with an upcoming review of the tariffs. On May 3rd, the USTR issued a notice for a mandatory four-year review of the China 301 tariffs. The USTR has begun notifying domestic industries that benefit from the tariffs about the possible termination of the tariffs. If any of these industries request a continuation of the tariffs, the USTR will formally start a review process after July 6. Last week, Biden completed his first diplomatic visit to Asia as president. Biden met with U.S. allies South Korea and Japan, and in a news conference with the Japanese Prime Minister, Biden said he was considering cutting tariffs on Chinese goods to help address rising inflation. A week earlier, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen also said that it was worth considering lowering tariffs to address inflation. On the other hand, Trade Representative Catherine Tai has expressed resistance to lifting the tariffs. During the Milken Institute Global Conference earlier this year, she said that the U.S. should not make decisions based on short-term goals like reducing inflation and sacrifice longer-term goals such as addressing China's economic practices or boosting domestic supply chains. Similarly, members of Congress are divided on the Section 301 tariffs. A recent Senate vote on a motion to instruct for the conference committee 
to resolve the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act and America Competes bills provide some insight into the dynamics in the chamber. The two bills are a vehicle for addressing both U.S. innovation and competitiveness, as well as countering China's growing influence. The Senate and House have disagreed on the specifics of the legislation thus far and have created a conference committee to resolve these differences. Before the conference committee began, the Senate voted on several motions to instruct, which informed the members participating in the conference committee on what type of agreement is acceptable and what provisions must be included in the final version of the bill. Senator Pat Toomey introduced a motion to instruct, which would have advised conference committee members to include a provision that would speed up the USTR exemption process for Section 301 tariffs. The motion passed 53 to 43, with a mix of Republican and Democratic support. Some members have vocally supported keeping the tariffs. For example, Senator Josh Hawley sent a letter to the USTR saying that the tariffs are necessary for reindustrializing the U.S. A bipartisan group of senators, six Republicans and three Democrats, wrote a letter to Biden asking to keep the tariffs due to ongoing concerns of China's trade practices. The announcement of any major changes with the China tariffs will likely come through the USTR review. That's all for this episode of the Congressional Record. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for your free ProLegis account if you haven't already. You can go to ProLegis.com, that's P-R-O-L-E-G-I-S.com, to find additional show notes and sources for each of our episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, or on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handles are in the episode notes as well. Finally, I want to give special thanks to Jason Lemons and Greg Manziata for their editorial feedback for this episode. We'll see you next week on the Congressional Record. Mm-hmm.